0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart here, and pleasure to be joined by Betsy Vaughan. Betsy, how are you doing?
1: I'm fantastic. It's great to be back with you. It's
0: been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. This is the uh, not-quite-so-weekly weekly show looking at uh, okay. anything to do with getting your book out there. So, it's um, But this one's going to be a good one. So we were going to do a, a, uh, a Q&A show, but I was at my parents' last... Weekend, um, Actually, not my parents, Lucy's parents. So we were across there and the, I never read a Sunday paper, but they had, um, I don't know if it's the same in the States, but in the UK, the Sunday papers in the UK are sort of five inches thick with about 25 different sections and uh, all sorts of things. Yes the same yeah so That's in one of
1: these pounds, you know, yeah.
0: exactly yeah i can remember as a kid having a newspaper round, and uh the biggest pain was having the sunday delivery service because you had to go back to the news about three times because was physically impossible to carry them all and uh where well, i grew up in in north wales there were a lot of kind of small little country cottages and a couple of the houses particularly had letter boxes so small that you could barely get uh, a letter through them let alone one of these doorstop papers so that was always yeah. one of the uh, pains to live in Sunday papers. Um, anyway, there you go. Flashback. <laughs> so in yeah. the uh, in the Telegraph at Lucy's parents' place, there was as I was flicking through one of the um, one of the segments. I saw uh, the only direct response ad that I'd seen through the newspaper. So I've heard Dean talk about this a few times as well. We tend to look through papers and kind of skip past the news and look at the ads uh, rather than I guess a lot of other people skip past the ads and look at the news. But this one still stood out. So this particular newspaper is a big broadsheet newspaper. So a large kind of double spread newspaper this ad that I'm going to include an image of this in the uh, the show notes. So head over to the uh, Um, 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast and I'll include an image so you can follow along at home and see what we're talking about but this half page ad really stood out as a direct response ad and in addition to that it stood out because it was a book ad so rather than the regular show that we were going to do I think it makes uh, it's going to be a great example of a real kind of real life use case for people as we run through this and look at what these guys are doing to use their book as lead generation piece tie it in with the early stages of the eight profit activators that we talk about a lot to see the kind of behind the scenes, look at the framework at which they're using. We'll pick up on a couple of their main bullet points and look at what uh what is it? Seemingly working for for these guys? Can I break it down a little bit? All with the all with the idea of of thinking about it for your book and how you can use this as a how you can use the book in a particular funnel for your business to help identify those invisible leads. How does Great. that sound? That's, that's fantastic! I'm excited
1: about this.
0: And it's definitely a question we get a few times, isn't it? We've talked about it, and, and we've had a few calls with. Uh, with people in the early stage of their book talking about how they're particularly going to use it. So I think on the show in the past, we've had the example of uh, people talking about Amazon listings, particularly we had a great show with uh, Lisa Sasavich, one of the early episodes, where she was talking about it as a real lead into an existing funnel that's already in place. We had the show with Kevin Craig a couple of episodes ago, where he was uh, he was talking about the example where he really, almost wrote the book just because so many people had been asking him about his particular business. So It was almost just a way of getting his thoughts down. But then in sharing that book with people, that had really turned into a, a whole different coaching side of his business that hadn't uh, they hadn't particularly considered before. So I think this example, and we'll do a future one as well on on Facebook specifically, I think, because that's an interesting strategy. But this one is really going to be interesting for people who are looking to target entirely cold leads so this isn't an audience that you've already got some communication with these aren't people who necessarily know what you do already or even know you know you this is really targeting absolutely cold traffic and a newspaper ad is the coldest of the cold because you really don't know who those people are going to be that are reading it. It's very difficult to demographically target it to a certain group of people. So it, it is quite broad. It, it really is targeting a broad swathe of people with something that hopefully will be of interest to the people who you're t- trying to target. And then they'll self-select themselves and raise their hand because what we write is, is something that's compelling. So... I know it comes up a lot with conversations that you have with people. They talk about um, coming on board in the first place, but then thinking about where it's going to and how people are using it in in a real life context. Some of the some of the people that um, that we talk with, I don't think print ads ever particularly. I can't think of an example specifically mm-hmm. where people have talked about print just because it's such a yeah. a um, it's not the thing. It's not the new shiny object that people have got front of mind. Um, mm-hmm. Can you think of an example? I, I can't at
1: all. You know what? I really can't. I mean, typically when I'm talking to you know a client or a potential client, it's all about you know the website and it's drawing traffic there, or um, or you know it's all digital stuff. Nobody ever, I don't think ever, has mentioned to me you know about a print ad. Um, and we, I mean, we know, we know other people have done it, and Dean talks about it. Um, but as far as our clients, we we haven't we haven't had that. And I know we've talked about it as a from a business standpoint um, a little bit more, but not anybody that we speak to, it, it never comes up.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. isn't it? I think print, like direct response, print media. So postcards, we do a lot on the real estate side of the business with postcards mm-hmm. um, because we're specifically trying to target a geographic area so a particular zip code or a particular subdivision so it's easy to conceptualize in terms of of print media and getting something in someone's hands i think there's definitely an opportunity because it's a medium where not many other people are looking at so i think there's definitely an opportunity to get something in front of people in a way that not many other people are as i say the the daily telegraph which is the paper that they had huge paper five or six different sections Having seen this ad, I then looked through this section, uh, which was the the main part of the paper, and two of the other sections as well. And in the whole paper, this was the only direct response ad that I could see. There was a a fair number of other ads, um, like the typical um, advertising type ads or for a particular product or service, or – I'm just looking through now – the. piece that I've yeah. got that I'd stolen from their house when I left. So there's uh, so this particular ad is for stair lifts. So we'll get into the details in a minute, but this is for stair lifts. So just looking through, there's another ad on another page for, uh, health insurance. There's another one, actually another stair lift ad, uh, in the paper. Um, there's another one for, there's a full page one here for some kind of foot revival thing. Um, which just looks weird, um, but all of them are advertising specific products. There's like a, a discount coupon for um, fifty dollars off this particular product. There's uh, schedule and appointment type ads, but this is the only one that's that's direct response. What's interesting is this is a big national-run newspaper. Mm-hmm. A half-page ad, or on the other page, is full-page ads that can't be. The rates I'm assuming must have fallen quite substantially for this to this to work out. So I think the point being that there is an opportunity. I think in print to be a little bit more targeted than um, than just going after what everyone else is going for, which, as you said, is primarily primarily digital. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely something that should be looked at. I was talking with um, uh, one of our client Hank last week or the week before he was talking about there's print media in his area that is specifically tied to subdivisions so there's quite a large uh, retirement community in his area and he has an opportunity to Uh, print into their magazine i know with the yacht broker side of the business we've run print ads into specific publications so there's niche specific publications it doesn't have to be as generic as a national newspaper but i think there's definitely opportunities particularly if you get the timing right so newspapers have got ad cycles and print runs they're trying to hit their their own targets it's definitely an opportunity to speak to someone as deadlines are approaching or time it right so that they'll be more interested in in getting a deal than they perhaps would have been uh, at another time. So I think it's definitely a cost effective or there's opportunities to get a cost effective ad in front of people in a as targeted way as you can. Okay, so there we go. That's um a lot of the background now. As I say, if you head across to anyone listening to this, if you head across to ninety minutebooks.com forward slash forward slash podcast. Four slash zero two zero so episode twenty of the Book More Show then we'll include a, an image of the ad here, so you can follow along and see exactly what we're talking about but um let's get into it and and break down some of the things that people are that these guys particularly are doing well and um, and talk about how someone listening to this can use it in their own business All right. okay, so a half page ad. Um, relatively uh, big type. There's some bullet points that are standing out. Some of the key things are written in red. There's a, a Stairlift Secrets Revealed stamp across the front of the ad. So it's definitely eye-catching. stands out from the rest of the five-column print media. The book itself that they're offering is called Stairlift revealed or the secrets of how to get the best deal on a stairlift revealed it's actually i was looking just before we were talking it i don't think it's actually run by a stairlift manufacturer um, I'm kind of taking this on face value. I haven't kind of tried to dig into the background or do too much analysis. It was the ad itself that we wanted to talk about. But it looks like this company, is this offer is being run by a lead generation company that are then selling the leads onto actual manufacturers. So this is a great example. We were talking about, it might've been in the book titles workshop that we did not so long ago. We were talking about this separation of Your own business and the job of work of the book. So, the job of work of the book is to, in this context, is to get invisible prospects to raise their hand and identify themselves as interested. It's not a brand advertising piece for your business. It's not that you're trying to do an authority building piece as well, although there's an element of that. So, this isn't so much about you. This is like Robert Collier says, that's uh, intersecting a conversation that's already going on in their mind, joining the conversation that's already going on in their mind. So what we're looking for here is a title that resonates, the title being the thing that gets people to, catches their attention and gets people to think, ah, yes, that's for me. A title that resonates with the conversation that they're already having. So this one being the secret of how to get the best deal on a stairlift revealed is going to resonate with people who are already looking for stair lifts. Right. It's not Mm -hmm. that you're, uh, um, it's not talking about the manufacturing process or it's not talking about, it's not trying to be too clever. It's not trying to be, um, it's trying to do exactly what it says on the tin. It's trying to be very Mm -hmm. specific and use the language of the customer, not necessarily use internal language. So it's not trying to say, here's the, um, is the five differences between stairlift models or how to pick the best uh how to pick the best type of stairlift the assumption is that one of the for the conversation that's already going on in this person's mind the pricing element the best deal element is in their view the thing that resonates the most so that's the first interesting fact the fact that the the title and the cover and the headline on the ad are all consistent with intersecting this conversation. And that is, or could be, completely separate from your business itself. It's a, it's a little bit of a, a nuanced difference. I'm not sure whether I'm explaining it in in the, quite the clearest way. Does it make sense the point I'm trying to get across? The fact that the thing that you're trying to get people to raise their hand for is related to your business, but doesn't have to advertise your business or yes
1: to make complete sense yeah
0: yeah um another oh. example that uh again that dean uses quite a lot is the adult acne cure so luba winter's book so the device that that she has is for um skin care um he uses uh red and blue lights and um and uv I forget the details of it, but the, the book titled The Adult Acne Cure, intersects the conversation that's going on in their mind. It's, it's kind of a stage removed from the, the technical elements of the device or what the device is. It's kind of promising a solution that matches a conversation that's in the mind of a customer, of your customer, who is likely to be having that conversation. So, um, so that was another example. Okay, so moving down then, there's uh, there's quite a bit of copy on the ad, but it's broken down. It's kind of on a bluish background. Um, the the main key points are highlighted in red and the call to actions in red. It's very obvious. Um, just as you're glancing over it, it's very obvious. Some of the key catchphrases or the key terms that, again, are going to be in someone's mind as they're thinking about it. So the copy goes on to read then discover inside and then it's five bullets so discover inside how to buy a good reconditioned stair lift actually i've just noticed there's a bit of a typo on the ad so this is uh discover inside how to buy a good reconditioned stair lift and then a question mark Uh, that it's a statement it's not a question so that question mark probably shouldn't be there so again this goes back to we get this conversation a a kind of a, a a qualitative um People will often ask, oh, "Well, what if there's a mistake in my book?" I think that comes from the the frame of mind of kind of traditional publishing, where once the machines have started rolling, it's that's it. Ten thousand books are going to be produced. So the fact that on the very first slide of this ad that's running in a national newspaper, there's there's a typo, it really does it doesn't affect it. It doesn't impact the um it doesn't really impact the credibility it doesn't impact the effectiveness of the ad it's uh, it's it's out there doing its job better than not being out there not doing its job (laughs) Um, okay so discover inside how to buy a good reconditioned stairlift could renting be a cheaper option how to qualify for a tax exemption how to qualify for a free grant and again there's a question mark on the back on the bottom of those two um And what are the best models, what are the best makes and models? So those five main points are probably going to be the five most pressing uh, questions or concerns in the reader's mind. And we talk about this quite a lot in terms of the outline, the, the chapter headings, the way we structure the book in the first place. Say to people to try and answer one question, one subject as deeply as possible. And these elements of, this is maybe slightly... I don't know, maybe not. This might be slightly broader than I would suggest, but it. I think it still does a great example. But those five main points, the five main questions, the five main bullets, the five headlines, the the uh, talking points that call out on the ads, that really goes to build the chapter headings and the structure of the book. Because the aim that we're trying to do is get this whole conversation congruent around this one question that you're trying to answer so the one question is the one thing in the the reader's mind that's the most pressing the thing that's likely to get them to raise their hand it's reflected in the title it's reflected in the chapter headings it's reflected in the content and then when we get to the end it's reflected in the call to action what to do next because as much as possible we're trying to help people complete this one thought and give them the certainty or the surety or the um the, the very clear next steps, the, the answer to the question, the, the resolution, we're trying to guide people all down this path towards the call to action. And the call to action typically then being take the next step with with me. Uh, the next step of the process is this, and we can do this together. So this kind of consistent view all the way through is is reflected in in this ad. It kind of highlights the main pressing questions. So Going on below that, the subheading to the to the ad is this unique insider's guide could save you a great deal of money. Firstly, do you need a stairlift at all? We help you make that assessment. We also show you how to buy a stairlift. It's just as important as one. We'll also show you how. Oh, sorry. I thought that was another typo, but it's me. I just can't read. Uh, it finishes, we also show you how you buy a stair lift. It's just as important as what you buy. So this is talking about the tax exemptions and the grants. So really quite a comprehensive, um, compelling subheading to, yes, the the title has got me to stop so far. The title of the book has resonated with the conversation that goes into my mind. The subheading, or in this case, the kind of first paragraph of the text is the kind of reinforcing that, yes, I'm in the right place. I have these questions, and this is going to provide the answer. Okay, I need to take a quick drink, because otherwise I'm going to go very croaky for the last few minutes of the uh, for the call.
1: Sorry, I, I was caught up in it. You know, I'm looking at, you know, looking, as someone who I have to self-admittedly, I don't read the paper that often. We do get the paper on Sundays here at my house, but I probably look at it, you know, maybe I'll be honest. I I look at the ads for um like the, the the inserts for the stores and stuff, the big ads, and um so I but I occasionally I'll see something you know with with the just like the little box here, the fill it out, cut it out, put it in. It says you know put it in the post and and send it off. And um which I I wonder how that draw as people you know in in today we're so quick to want you know we want that instant gratification. And there is a website on here but there's this whole, this big, it's a pretty significant box saying, I'm going to fill this out and cut it out and, and send it in, you know, um, when my nature, my generation, I think, and and those younger than me are more apt to let me just see what this is about online, you know, and yeah. for the website, you know. Um, but a look I would assume would be, you know, sort of um, guided maybe towards an older generation that might, um may not jump on their
0: computer as, as quick as, as some of us you know so and um, that's that's an interesting is, is point because it's so easy to get um caught up in your own framework and kind of the default way you think about things is just the way you process it yourself i think you're absolutely right the the, the demographic of the people who new, read a newspaper full stop i mean as i say this paper was a uh, lucy's parent's place and they're in their seventies. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember the last time I bought a newspaper. So it's probably already slightly self-selecting. Um it's slightly conservative newspaper. So maybe and a slightly yeah. more um I'm gonna stereotype terribly here, but uh probably a slightly more affluent target market. Um mm-hmm. so there probably is an element of self selecting. But that that point as people say if you uh, go take a look at the image in the uh, in the show notes. Um actually I'll see if I can put it in the show notes on the podcast feed as well. So if you'll listen to this on a podcast player, um just check in the um in the display art. I'll see if I can add it in there. Um but you're right maybe a third no not a third, a sixth of the page is this. Um, Is this name and address cutout where people can physically mail it? There's also a a, a free phone number on here as well, which uh, says um, for your free insider's guide, call us on 0800, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lines are open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m or actually 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday to Friday and 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. So they definitely don't want to make it too convenient for people. Um, right. But that's probably a manned phone line rather than a free recorded message. Um, and then there's website, uh, the website as well. It's, it's interesting to play, to think about your audience group, to see what is more likely to resonate with them rather than just taking it at granted that everyone wants to go online or would leave their details on a free recorded message, potentially giving them the mail-in option because people might feel more comfortable with it. This is a physical book that they're sending rather than the digital version of it. So that makes right. a difference as well. The whole narrative the whole kind of journey around dealing with physical mail is i'm hoping would be consistent for them so what i would expect when you opted in here is to receive the book but with receive with it a whole load of supporting material so potentially testimonials potentially chart-based data, talking about cost differences um you could potentially include a handwritten note or a pseudo a note that looks like it was handwritten to right. give it a little bit more personal connection to it. I definitely expect that there was follow up mail to be sent to these people afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like I say, I think this ad is being run by a lead generation company rather than a manufacturer. Um, yeah. Just It's just the way it looks. So I wouldn't be surprised if the, the mailing list was then cross-sold for other things as well, which I'm not in, entirely a fan of, but, um, but that's probably going off subject a little bit. So I would definitely expect that the majority of this follow-through is physical rather than electronic. And depending on what your industry is, then that might make perfect sense. Again, going back to the real estate example that I was talking about before, uh, we do a lot of physical mail into that space. Following up with people when they opt in for one of the area guides, we encourage the realtors to follow up with a monthly, um a monthly, depending on how they came in, a monthly buyers or sellers newsletter with uh recent comps that are on the market in that area. Some um, we've got uh a 12 newsletters that are written throughout the year that highlight one particular seasonally specific element to do with house buying or house sales, um, a list of new sales that come on the market in the area, price analysis, regularly follow up with these people. So depending on what your business is, then that might make perfect sense as well to follow up. Again, to use this as a profit activator number two step, to use it to identify invisible leads and then plug that into a follow-up campaign that keeps engagement with people afterwards. And I think the congruency of that conversation, if people opt in electronically, then follow up electronically. If they opt Mm -hmm. in physically or request something physical, then follow up physically as well. Because I think that to a certain degree, particularly if you give people options, the option that they select highlights a, a preference. So, again, there's no one right answer in any of this, but I think right. it's a good way of of thinking about it a little bit more orchestrated rather than dropping everyone into the same funnel, being able to sift and sort them slightly into different preferences, different requirements, different timeframes, different agendas. Um, for example, this tear-off, please send me the free guide. Tear off with the name and email, uh, name and address. There's also a phone number, um, a phone number option in here as well. So if people were to include that information, then they're more likely to... be open or receptive to reading things through that channel there's also so on the tear off there's a mandatory name address and phone number and then there's an optional date of birth cell phone number and email address so again it could be an indication if people fill in all of those boxes rather than just the bare minimum boxes it could be an indication that those are hotter prospects rather than colder prospects um Again, no one right answer. That might not be the case, but it's definitely worth thinking about and orchestrating the responses a little bit, coordinating the responses a little bit based on what comes back in.
1: Yeah. Um, you just said something and I completely lost my train of thought because I was reading at the very bottom of this ad um, where the information we will send to you, you know, it, it's showing that it is a third-party third um lead generator because it's saying and I have to apologize my eyes are not that great but um if you do not wish to receive third-party marketing information by mail phone or otherwise please advise and um it's very small you know and so um, I'm looking at it <laughs> so that there's books on here to say like hey, to guys.
0: advise yeah, I right. know. Uh, so that's what, like you, that I think is what made me think it was a third party lead gen company that's doing this because there are data protection requirements that mean you must give people the opportunity to opt out, but not actually giving them the opportunity on the form is a little bit, uh, it's it's not the nicest. But I think well, we the fact told that it, you
1: know, like we told you had the option to yeah,
0: say. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Please yeah. advise on the 50th piece of uh, 50th phone right, call. Right, we, uh, right. We phone you with. Um the interesting thing though is it goes back to the as we could start the conversation, talking about the opportunity to get people to raise their hand is separate from what your business actually does. So the fact that a lead gen company, and it would be interesting to see how broad these guys are. They might just be a lead gen company for a multitude of things aimed at seniors. And this is just one of their lead gen funnels to identify that group. So they might actually be selling... um, I'm sure it's not, but I'm just trying to come up with a silly example for the sake of, uh, of the illustration. But these guys may actually be ranch home builders they might be a building company that specializes in ranch homes with accessibility features and what they're actually doing is trying to identify their target audience and their target audience is people who are having difficulty in getting around a home with stairs so Mm -hmm. to highlight that example of the lead gen piece that you the way you get invisible prospects to raise their hand doesn't necessarily need to be specifically to do with your business it's difficult right. for people to conceptualize i've had a lot of conversations where it's really quite a challenge to um to kind of articulate that point in a in a clear way so this i might use this as the example going forward but let's assume that was the case these are ranch home builders specialize in accessibility features and they're thinking to themselves okay well i have everyone here if i just try and advertise to people who like ranch homes then that might be missing the the subset of that group which is really the accessibility element of it but mm-hmm. i know that almost 100 percent of my customers anyone that wants a stair lift is is going to be in that demographic They are people who by the very nature, are struggling to get around their home because they need assistance in getting up the stairs. So to provide them with this guide on day one and then on day five, send them something talking about the accessibility of ranch homes. Now obviously it's a big subset of people below that who would then be looking to to build a new home and And again, I mean this was just for the example of the the illustration, but that separation of the job of work of the lead generation piece versus what you actually do, and what you might traditionally think of as I need to write a book to uh, to demonstrate my expertise in in very much the industry that I'm absolutely working in. That doesn't necessarily need to be the case, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for people to think that one ring out from that core core set of knowledge that you could provide into the minds of the um, into the minds of the customers and what is the conversation that they are having and how can i provide help in an answer to that conversation in order to um to compel people to raise their hand um yeah. so do you know i just looked at the clock and we're actually we've just gone past 30 minutes so this is wow. um, yeah it goes it's, quick it's barely um, yeah, and you know that's so much the case, isn't it? So I think what I'm gonna do, there's a couple of points I just wanted to raise on the on the ad. Again, if uh, people listen to this, if you head across to ninety minutebooks.com forward slash podcast, forward slash 020 for episode twenty or just search for episode twenty and then we'll have a copy of the ad so you can see exactly what we're looking at now as we um, as you listen along. I'll try and put it in the podcast notes as well for the podcast players. There's a couple of other points, but there's comments available on the website. So if anyone's got any questions about this or some of the slightly broader topics that we're talking about, the, the kind of the next uh, the next step in the process, leave a comment on the website or shoot an email to us at podcast at 90 Minute Books and we'll wrap it up into one of the future Q&A shows. The last couple of things that I just wanted to pick up on specifically about this ad is one there's a there's a sticker or the image of a sticker over the book that says free guide worth four ninety nine. So it gives it a monetary value to give the impression of um, there's a saleable number associated with it. So it's not just a free guide and it's free. It's a free right. guide, but it has an intrinsic value. If if the product were to be sold, so I think that's always an interesting one. It's difficult to work in. I think it works quite well in this print ad um, because there is a space on here for a sticker, like a, a banner over the top saying "free guide."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Digitally, it's difficult to work in because people just don't attribute value to digital products as, as much. Better print, I can. think it. I think it works well in the context of print because. It just seems to be more consistent with the the, the model. Um, whether that will change over time as people don't have that kind of um, don't have that connection, but I think at the moment it, it works quite well. So, if anyone is thinking about running a print ad, it might be worth trying to in- incorporate that element. Um, that- The other option is, uh, the other point to raise is the word free. So the fact that it's a free guide on some of the digital assets that we create for people as part of the nine minute book process, we create some banners and uh, a couple of examples that we, people can use for uh, for images. Uh, the landing page that we create for people as well as part of the, uh, we create a free go-go clients trial for people so that they've immediately got a landing page. And we default to free book on the banner logo on the top of it all. Um Some people have uh, an issue with the word free because they see that it cheapens something. But we've kind of tested it again across the real estate business and high-end real estate target markets. We've done it in the yacht business as well. The word free resonates with everyone across the board. So I wouldn't necessarily discount that um, if you're thinking that you'd want to avoid the word free. I think there is something that is still eye-catching regardless of how high-end the target market is. Um, The other one that I wanted to raise is on the cover of the book and on the ad, there's like a little pop out, which on the cover of the book, it says um, the title. So the secret of how to get the best deal on a stale if revealed, plus how you could get a free grant. And then on the ad as well, there's another highlight pop out box in red saying plus how to get a a free grant. So I think that... That uh, mental concept of adding on the value, of adding something additional, we often get people coming in and wanting to write a book that's very comprehensive and covers lots of different things and they want to include um, A through Z, everything they could possibly imagine want to include in the book. And there's two words of warnings that we always have for people who are thinking that. One is just scope the more you put in there, the less likely it is that you're going to ever get this thing finished because it just becomes a big headache to comprehensively include a a wide range of information into something. The overhead of actually writing it in the first place or getting the content in the first place and then editing it in a way that makes it coherent all the way through, very, very challenging. So I would always advise being as specific as possible and don't get drawn into being go a mile deep and an inch wide rather than a mile wide and an inch deep on everything. The other element, which is more of a kind of psychological um, element, and we should talk as well about the uh, Robert Cialdini's new book, Persuasion, uh, one of the podcasts I did with Dean not so long ago, well, last year now, we talked about it briefly, but, but these psychological triggers that are pretty ingrained in everyone, these persuasion techniques, utilizing some of those is is quite interesting but this particular point then is talking about here's the here's the book plus how to get a free grant now we'd already said in the bullets that the grant element uh, how you qualify for a free grant is part of the book anyway but highlighting it as a plus highlighting yeah. it as an either an additional chapter like a bonus chapter or an additional piece of content that you include in the, in the mailing or the email that you send with people rather than including everything actually in the book. If there's something that you can name and ring fence and have separately as an additional asset for the same amount of work is actually a big win in terms of piling on the value and adding, um, adding additional things to the thing that's being Opted in for it's the kind of it's the bonus culture of it. it. seems like you're giving someone more, even though you fully intended to give it to them in the first place. So I think there's uh we should maybe do a separate show on that as well because I've just looked at the clock again. And we're, we're storming towards forty-five minutes now. But um but this this concept of not including everything in the one thing, being able to follow up on it and uh, and add additional value by Packaging things in a slightly different way, there's a lot of of um, you you make that makes the boat go faster again. To use one of Dean's phrases, it's it's a way of adding additional bang to the book, and uh, without necessarily having to add additional um, additional work at the at the end of you creating it. Yeah, there we go. There we
1: go. I think we could probably talk about it, you know, another you know, another
0: 30 minutes if not longer, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I think this it's a uh, it's a reminder to get back on a more regular 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 schedule with the shows. So uh we've got a lot of information that uh we get to share with people, but uh it tends to be we do it far too much one on one with people on on calls at the moment. So it's it's good to get some of this out to the wider audience and hopefully it's it's given people something to think about that uh, they might not have seen in another in another um, another setting, another scenario. And hopefully it's it's an easy one for people to start thinking about, okay, well how can I use this in in my market? um so again and thanks for thanks for everyone's time we'll put uh links to or uh, an image of the ad so that people can follow along in the show notes any questions or follow-up or points you want us to elaborate on either leave a comment on the show notes page or send us an email to podcast at 90 minute books and we'll be back next week with with a show and then a couple of weeks down the track we'll we'll i'm sure we'll pick up on this this again and dive into it in some more detail
1: that would be great. Now, I'm going to do a little research on my Sunday paper this week and uh, just kind of see see what what's out there, you know, as far as as this um, these kinds of things in, in our paper. You know, I'm such a digitally minded person, so um, I'm curious, you know, and, and see what I can find, so we can maybe talk about that uh, next time as well. See see how much is actually out there for us. So
0: yeah, yeah, that'd be good. See if it's uh, the same on that side of the pond as well.
1: Right, right, absolutely. Yep. Well, thank you Perfect.
0: for having me. Okay, well, a pleasure as always. Thanks again. And everyone, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.